You're listening to the Bitcoin and Markets podcast. Check out bitcoinandmarkets.com for more. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. This show gives you a natural and honest analysis of Bitcoin and macro. Uh, things are changing all of all around us. You know, the international financial system and monetary system and the geopolitical order of the world, everything is changing under our feet right now. And so that's why we're here is to, you know, maybe see if we can get a better understanding of what is going on and forecasting the future. So that's why we are all here today. I'm just going to go through some charts, go through Ethereum and the Brian Armstrong pivot that we're seeing out there. And then finally talk about or listen to a the speech this morning from President Biden, what he said about, you know, tanks going to Ukraine. And I think that the tank part is not necessarily the important thing. I kind of picked out another part here that I wanted to talk about. And then I have one other clip that's from a European politician. And so that will show that this type of, I guess, maybe desperation is shared on both sides of the Atlantic. So I think that's very important. To notice. Okay, so that's what we're going to do today. Let's take a look at some charts. So here is Bitcoin. If we bring up RSI, this is the thing I've been talking about for quite a while now. Um, RSI hit a very, very high reading of 89 on a daily, and it is coming down. Um, I want to see it get out of overbought territory, so breaking 70, at least touching 70. Uh, before we can continue higher. So that's why I have been ex expecting some sort of a correction. And what we're seeing right now, 22,500. So it is down slightly, falling out of this bull flag. If I go to the four-hour chart, you can see that a little bit better. There's also a bear div on the four-hour chart. So you can see that there. Okay, let's take a look while we're in the Bitcoin space. Let's look at Ethereum. Haven't done this on the show in a very long time. I wanted to show this because, you know, the ultrasound money thing, it's going to end up killing Ethereum, but it's more like it's put a, a fatal wound on Ethereum and it's just going to bleed out. I don't think it's going to crash through the floor uh, immediately, but without the inflation that they have had, you know, because Ethereum has had very high inflation, relative to Bitcoin, um, they're not going to be able to continue growing and having all of these use cases, these narrating, uh, sorry, marketing narratives on top of uh, Ethereum. So I think Ethereum is just going to bleed out. There's just not going to be any real impetus behind it. Also, there is a thing about Ripple, the lawsuit, the SEC's lawsuit against Ripple is supposedly coming to an end here very shortly. And that can affect other coins, you know. Um, but anyway, this this was interesting. I have on here the merge. So you can see since the merge, Ethereum now is down 15%. But yeah, that, that is with the ultrasound money meme. So whatever, Ethereum is kind of a dead project. Okay, let's get into some other macro stuff. Let's take a look at the stock market. Slightly green on the day actually now after starting way low gapping lower 
and looking like it was not going to maintain this breakout of the trend line and of the 200 day. Let me bring the EMAs up here. So the golden cross is approaching. It broke the 200 day again this morning, but now it is green on the day. This is a very resilient market, even though, I mean, there are so many people out there pretty much without fail. Every single commentator that I've seen in macro are saying that a recession is coming. The stock market is going to sell off 25%. Unlikely. Okay, let's take a look at oil. I've been talking about oil, of course, a lot here on the show. If you guys are new to the show, watching on YouTube or Twitter, uh, I do all sorts of macro, not just Bitcoin. Uh, This was the first Bitcoin macro podcast back in 2016. I started it from a Austrian economics perspective, uh, so a sound money perspective, and I've always done more macro since my degree is in economics and I have another degree in business that I've always looked at the macro situation. So uh, this was the first Bitcoin macro podcast. I look at all markets. This is oil here. I've been calling for oil to be relatively weak. When everybody was saying we're going to $200 a barrel, I was calling for oil to be relatively weak. And it is having trouble with this level at about $80, $82 a barrel. Got rejected off of there. I was also seeing some headlines about Last week was the biggest crude build, inventory build, since like 2019 or something like that. So this is a pretty big deal. And as we go forward into global recession, and as China's opening is seen as a dud, the demand for oil going forward is going to decrease in the future. And I'll say this again. So they were they pull out the number 100 million barrels a day because that is roughly the global demand for oil 2019 so pre-covid it was at 102 so we're still below where we were pre-covid and i expect over the next say five years that could get down to 95 maybe or 90 i don't know probably not have a substantial drop but if we're dropping like that that's the demand for oil in the world and at on the same at the same time we're having marginal increases in the ability to extract oil so like the shale revolution there's the you know every year they come up maybe with a one or two percent efficiency gain in in these industries and so oil becomes one or two percent cheaper to pull out of the ground they also find more and more deposits every year it's just getting cheaper to produce while at the same time demand is going down so i expect the price of oil to, over the next five to 10 years to have a difficult time rallying very hard. I mean, even if we pull back, let's go to a monthly chart and you can see that back in the great financial crisis, the high was all the way up here at 145 and the high, even in with COVID, with all the supply chain disruptions and the first war in Europe since World War II, major war, this was a mate. this is, I guess, You had Yugoslavia and stuff, but this is a major, major war with major powers involved. You know, this is a Russia-NATO war right here. And oil only got up to 130. Something's weird about that. When they put sanctions on Russian oil and energy, yeah, it's very surprising when you look at the state of the world right now, and oil's only at 80. It doesn't make any sense unless you can say that demand just isn't there. 
And a lot of people are betting that this China reopening is going to be hugely positive for the price of oil, but it's it's not because China is slipping into recession just like everybody else. China isn't going to save the world. China is actually going to be one of the worst hit economies in this coming recession. All right, so that is oil. Let's take a look at the U.S. 10-year. I usually do this with the two-year as well, so I'm going to pull up the two-year and the Fed funds target ranges. This is the upper and lower bound of the Fed funds target. And the two-year and 10-year are both under the Fed funds target range. The 10-year is dramatically below. It is uh, coming in this morning at 3.46%. And the bottom of the Fed funds target range is 2.25. If the Fed next week raises to the bottom of their range to 4.5, yet every single interest rate isn't obeying them, what would you say you do here, Fed? They're not in charge. They're not in charge of interest rates. But when people talk about Oh, it's artificially low. You know, we've had artificially low interest rates for so, so many years. I mean, does this look like the Fed is in control? Does this chart scream out to you that the Fed can keep interest rates low, artificially low for longer? No, they're not in control. This is not a, you know, mechanical way that the Fed has artificially lowered interest rates and now they're artificially hiking interest rates, they are not in control mechanically. The market is a sucker. The market is a sucker. They be, they believe the Fed. They believe in the Fed mythology. That's what moves the market, is the, the religious belief of the market. As long as that belief is within the bounds of reality, you know, you can't believe that solar energy is as efficient as nuclear, okay? Because that is outside the bounds of reality. But as long as you stay within reality, you can have any sort of narrative you want. Especially if it's being pumped up by a religious power, you know, like the Fed or the government. These are religious institutions. So anyway, th this is now they're going against reality. It doesn't matter if the Fed raises 25 basis points next week. Rates are going down. And what is also interesting about this is that it is fairly steady here. So December and into January now, the 10-year has been about 3.5%. This is kind of its happy place right here in the chart. And a lot of people are, you know, saying, oh, we're going into a deep, deep, dark recession. I would expect the 10-year to be way lower than this. I would expect the 10-year to be on a consistent downward trend, not semi-flat for the last two or three months. So it's interesting that the, the rates are low but they are not diving. Anyway, that's just a little kind of nuanced take here. What else uh, other charts do we have? The dollar. I've been waiting and waiting for this to bounce. I, I still think it's going to bounce here, guys. It's having a hard time going lower. So we will see what comes of this. But a rising dollar over the, you know, the next, say, six months, a general easy, slow rise in the dollar is not going to be damaging necessarily to the market. It's going to fluctuate. So actually, let's go back. Let's go to the weekly. I mean, these kind of trends last for a long time. So you can see 2017, 
even though this is a strong dollar era since the great financial crisis, if we go back here to the all the way back to the great financial crisis, you can see that it has generally trended upward. Nice and nice and steady. But then we do have periods like here's a period in 2014 into 2015. Let me highlight this in red or whatever. This period saw a very rapid acceleration dollar wrecking ball. Okay. And that is what we have seen here recently as well. We saw this about one year, a little bit over a year of a dollar wrecking ball this way. And what happened after this dollar wrecking ball back in 2014, 15, we had a fluctuation in prices. Uh, It entered a range and it just bounced back and forth in this range before the next dollar wrecking ball. So that's what I expect to happen up here as well. And this is mainly for the guys that are new to my content because the guys that are here on a daily basis, you guys know all this stuff, but um, I kind of expect this type of thing until the next dollar wrecking ball goes up, you know, in, in several years time. So that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a bounce and we will see, because remember the DXY is measured against other currencies, mainly against the Euro. So this fall means that the Euro is strengthening. Okay, that's all the macro charts. What else do I have here? Let's talk quickly about the Ethereum thing, or sorry, Brian Armstrong thing. Okay, so this is interesting what Brian Armstrong has been tweeting. He has done a a 180 here. So Brian Armstrong, just some kind of perspective on Brian Armstrong. I've been around for a long time, and I mean, I, I remember Coinbase I might even remember it being launched or something. I don't know, but I did use it way early on. And it was, these guys were kind of in this Silicon Valley kind of crypto anarchist vibe. And then they started going down the shitcoin casino route. And then Brian Armstrong got in early in Ethereum and he pumped this altcoin ecosystem. He probably still holds much more Ethereum than he does Bitcoin, even though he was in early in Bitcoin as well. So he really pumped, turned this into a a shitcoin casino. And now, and he didn't even mention Bitcoin for years. And Bitcoin is what gave him his start. Bitcoin is also what props up his entire business model. I think even this was just a couple of years ago, maybe. They're saying like a lot of their volume is still, Bitcoin was still 50% of their volume, even though they had turned into having many, many coins. They did this basket where you could invest in a basket of cryptos. And they also had education that was faulty. I mean, it was downright wrong. It was false education that they pumped out there to people about blockchain and about all these altcoins and NFTs. So Coinbase has been a detrimental influence on the ecosystem for sure. And Brian Armstrong is right at the center of this. And he very, very rarely ever says the word Bitcoin. It's always crypto. He'll say Ethereum, but he won't say the word Bitcoin. So it's very interesting here back on the the 22nd, he said, when Brazil and Argentina were talking about a common currency, and I talked about that yesterday, I believe, um, he says, wonder if they would consider moving to Bitcoin. That would probably be the right long-term bet. Very interesting. He said Bitcoin instead of crypto because that would be his MO. And then the very next tweet, he's responding to 
a big scammer in the space. <laughs> he said, this is a bullish case for Bitcoin. So why why the pivot? Well, some people on, on Telegram, on my Telegram, have suggested that this is due to Ripple and the Ripple case coming out. And perhaps they Brian Armstrong knows that he's going to have to change his business model or he's in trouble. His current business model is in trouble. So they're going to try to pivot maybe back to more Bitcoin. Maybe they're trying to become get Bitcoin maximalists on his side again. I, I saw that the three arrows capital guys are trying to be Bitcoin maxis now or play Bitcoin maximalists in real life or whatever. Maybe Brian Armstrong is doing the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to know what you guys think. If you're on YouTube, put it your thoughts in the comments. On Twitter, you can respond to this tweet and let me know what you think is going on here with Brian Armstrong. Telegram guys, same thing. Let me know what you think. All right. So that is Brian Armstrong. Um, let's go to this video now. So this was Biden just this morning, and he's talking about... Let me make sure this tab is coming through. Okay. So he's talking about sending tanks to Ukraine. We kind of all knew. The, the timing's interesting because there's some breakthroughs happening on the front lines. And perhaps not only is this to actually help the Ukrainians fight the, the war, prosecute the war, but it could be to steal some of the headlines from some of the breakthroughs on the front lines. So that it's interesting timing here. Maybe they're trying to get ahead of some bad press that's about to be coming out uh, about the front lines in, in the Donbass. But, okay, let's listen to what he says here, and I'll point out what I think is interesting as he's saying this. So I think we're set up. Let's play. Stood together. The United States has worked in lockstep with our allies and partners around the world to make sure you, the Ukrainian people are in the strongest possible position to defend their nation, their families, and against the brutal, the truly brutal aggression of Russia. I haven't seen the likes of this in a long time. The United States and Europe are fully united. This morning, I had a long conversation with... Fully united. Fully united. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, our NATO allies, German Chancellor Schultz, French President Macron, Prime Minister Sanuk, and the Italian Prime Minister uh, Maloney, uh, to continue our close coordination and our full support of Ukraine. Because you all know I've been saying this for a long time. The expectation on the part of Russia is we're going to break up. We're not going to stay united. But we are fully, thoroughly, totally united. Ukrainian forces are working. Okay, that's about it. I just wanted to point out that he doth protest too much. What is that Shakespeare line? Uh, I think you protest too much. He is trying to convince us that they are united. We are so united. We're so united. We've seen a lot of stuff uh, between Poland and Germany recently. Are are there more fraction uh, fractures? in this alliance than they want to admit. Also, Turkey, a member of NATO, has now said they're not going to allow Finland and Sweden into NATO, even though they said, okay, first, now they're saying no. So there, there are some fractures appearing here in this alliance, and now we hear Biden getting on 
TV and saying we are 100% united. There's no problems whatsoever. And you know, every relationship has problems. Every single relationship has problems and disagreements. And to come out and say, there are no disagreements, we're 100% united, then you know that's a lie. You know that's a lie. Um, Okay, the other one I wanted to show you guys was this was a defense minister oh it's the german foreign minister baerbach so let's listen to this and therefore i've said already in the last days yes we have to do more to defend train yes we have to do more also on tanks but the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not together. do the blame game in Europe, because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you. Okay, a couple things about that. Yeah, they. it's very, very important. It's more important than anything she's talking about. It's more important than tanks. It's more important than uh, really the support of Ukraine. It's that we support them together and that we don't do a blame game and that we stick together. So that's, this is on, from both sides of the Atlantic now. They are really going towards this we are united we are united and what is one of the things that i have said repeatedly over the last six months or so is that international cooperation is breaking down international unity international organizations trust out there it's breaking down globalization is breaking down and that includes big global things globe spanning things like nato that's going to wrap it up for today thanks for joining me Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube at BTC Market Updates. I have a Rumble channel too. Just uh, search for Bitcoin and Markets uh, and follow on Twitter, join the Telegram, all of that stuff. Anyway, thanks for joining guys and I will check you on the next one. Bye.